Welcome to the podcast, Help My Parents Need Me. This is episode two in a series of podcasts. As we journey through the topic of senior care, we will explore different areas of services available for our loved ones. Today, I have two guests who are going to be part of the conversation about caregiving. Some of the topics we will explore will be the ways caregiving can happen, how to tell if it is time to hire an outside caregiving agency, why to hire an outside agency, and how to pay for it. So sit back, relax, and let's learn about caregiving. My guests today are Gus Torres, the owner of A Better Solution in Home Care, and Kara Tipton, Home Care Consultant for Home Instead Senior Care. Welcome to the both of you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. We are so glad to have you guys on the podcast. Let's just start with introductions. Gus, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Well, um, first of all, thank you for including me in this. I really appreciate it. Um, My name is Gus Torres. I'm the owner of A Better Solution in Home Care here in Wichita, Kansas. Wife and I started our home care agency about four and a half years ago. just um, hoping to improve the quality of care for seniors out here in Wichita. Um, very excited, still loving what we do, and um, still feel really blessed to be in this industry, especially in um, Wichita County or Sedgwick County. Um, feel really blessed. Awesome. Well, guys, I, I know that you guys are doing a great, great job. And Kara, tell us a little bit about your yourself. Ah, awesome. Well, thank you so much again. To Gus's point, I'm, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, my name is Kara Tipton. I am the home care consultant for Home Instead Senior Care. Um, our franchise of Home Instead has been here in the Wichita area for almost 10 years now. Um, Michael and Evelina Steinberg are our owners. Um, I've been in the home care industry now for a little over a year and a half. Absolutely loving it. Coming from a, a, a a realm of retail it's definitely a lot more fulfilling and i've really just enjoyed um being able to be that helping hand for families who need some extra support so it's it's wonderful well welcome kara again i'm excited to have the both of you on the podcast um of course uh today we're talking about caregiving we're talking about the importance of caregiving we're talking about all the little aspects of caregiving whether it be Uh, a private individual or licensed home care agency. Um, Our main focus will be on licensed caregiving agencies today because that's where you guys come from. Um, But we'll also talk about sometimes when family members are caregivers as well. Um, So tell me, and I'll start with Gus, what services do you provide? And the two of you can kind of chime in on this. Um, What are the services that you provide? Well, we, impl- we uh, provide caregiving services like housekeeping, transportation. Um, we also do a full, um, a full care model where a family member maybe could call us from out of state and we could start care for their loved one and, and do everything that involves the care, whether it's bringing a home health agency, hospice agency, doctor's appointments, doctor's notes. Um, help them with their medication. So we do the full the full care, the full circle of care for clients that do call us. Um, that's about what we do. Yeah, I think we, 
you know, we encompass, it's called the supportive care services. So to Gus's point, it can be as little as just that companionship piece, helping them with transportation to and from places or meal prep. Um, but we do help with activities of daily living as well too. So things like, you know, dressing, bathing, toileting, um, those types of things that are more the hands-on care, we're able to help out with as well. Okay. Okay. Um, a couple of things that just stood out to me that I didn't know is that you guys do transportation. Um, is it transportation like to their doctor's visits or is it any kind of transportation? Like if they want to run to the store, let's say. Yeah, we'll, we'll accommodate anything, whether it's a visit to the doctor's uh, ride to the store with their caregiver, either in the caregiver's car or in their personal vehicle, whatever they feel most comfortable with. We do have um, partners that we do do um, wheelchair transportation to and other pickups from hospitals. Yeah, whatever they need, wherever they need to go, we try to get them there. Great. And Kara, you guys are the same. Yeah, we provide any of that transportation. I think we always say the fun transportation is the, the best for an ice cream cone or maybe go sit in the park for a little while and take a walk. So we like to do the, the fun activities too, but we also help out with the chores, uh, maybe going to get our hair done or um, you know going to doctor's appointments, physical therapy, therapy appointments and things like that. That's awesome. I, I didn't realize that you guys did that. That's great to know. Yeah. Um, so tell me, guys, why would a family need your services? Like, give me some examples of maybe families you've worked with in the past that, you know, why did they choose to, to use a caregiving agency? Um, I think it usually comes out a couple of different ways. Um, the one that we see a lot is that a family member, unfortunately, has either had an illness or maybe a fall, a break, and they're coming out of the hospital or they're coming out of rehab and they need that assistance, the safety assistance to be able to go home. Um, they probably have, you know, medical home health who's coming in, but those visits are very, very short. And so they need someone who can do longer blocks of time to make sure that mom, dad, grandma, grandpa is staying safe in the home. Um, but we also have times where it's really someone who just maybe is in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's or dementia and they're just forgetful and they want some of that companionship because they're, they're starting to get isolated in their own home. And so they have a caregiving service come that one is helping with that safety assistance because that's always our number one priority is making sure someone is safe in their home. Uh, but it provides that companionship and stimulation for that person. And you know, there's tons of studies out there, but that really does help slow the progression of those memory diseases that we see. So it can be as little or as much care as they need and as non-skilled or as skilled as they need as well, too. Okay. Gus, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I find a lot of the inquiries we get or calls are set up for service are calls from family members, maybe um, the daughter or the son of the parent that needs help. And they're kind of like, they're the sandwich generation. They're kind of sandwiched between raising their kids. Just like me, I'm trying to raise three kids. I got a 94-year-old uh, father-in-law here in, here in Derby and just sandwiched between caring for my children, caring for my father-in-law and trying to um, care for myself at the same time. You're trying to make a living, take care of my, my needs. So I, you know, in desperation or sometimes in forward thinking, they reach out to a service like ours so that they could get a kind of a little bit of freedom back and get that part managed by another company so they could focus on 
their kids and their education, bringing up their kids and focus on, you know, and we'll probably talk about later, just the father, son or the son, daughter or mother, father relationship that they have with their parents. So a lot of people call us when it's getting a little too much for them to manage, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of both sides. Yeah, and I think you bring up an interesting point, Gus, about the sandwich generation. We're hearing a lot about um, how we're in this sandwich generation where we are raising children, a lot of us. Now, my children are grown, but like my parents are in their 70s. And so I just got done raising my children and now my parents are starting to, to need more care. And so, but there are, there is the sandwich generation where they have smaller children, younger children, um, and they're still caring for, they're starting to have to really care for their, their um, parents because they're starting to age and they're needing more care. So I think you bring up a very inter- interesting topic um, about the sandwich generation. And that may be something that, you know, we talk about in the podcast later on in the series, but that that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that a lot of families are facing today. Um, So here's a question for you guys. What are some misconceptions that families have regarding your services? And I'll let Gus start with this one. What are some misconceptions that families have regarding your services? Yeah, sometimes they, um, they think that we're home health and that we do uh, nursing visits which we are kind of uh, not, we're more in the non-medical realm where we do assist with home health and with activities of daily living, like uh, Kara mentioned, but sometimes they think we're almost like a full service home health and hospice company, which some are, but for my company, it's not. We focus on the home care aspect of it and trying to provide great care on the home care front. That's one of them. Another one is uh, that, you know, insurance pays for it which um you know not doesn't really happen like that um long-term care insurance does pay for it but sometimes they think that their medicaid or medicare will cover it and if it does it's it's very limited right carol what would you like to add to that yeah i would definitely have to uh, agree i think um you know they think our scope of care is is a little bit larger than what it is and and getting into the medical aspect of it Uh, but even to your point earlier a lot of them don't know that we can provide transportation and that Mm -hmm. um you know we can we can do more than just you know clean house and 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 do chores and things like that we can actually just sit and and do stimulating games and things like that with their loved one to to help them um so i think sometimes it's they don't understand that there's a lot more to what we can do than what they might be thinking uh, but transportation is definitely one of them <laughs> right right okay so so that brings us into the next topic um so let's talk about licensing requirements because you guys are professional caregiving agencies so what are the licensing requirements for your agency and talk about the difference in licensing between maybe you guys and a home health agency because i think that's where some of the misconception may come in yeah absolutely um well here in the state of kansas um back in july of 17 
um, a new licensure of home health was created and it was like a, a B license. So your, your regular home health agencies who go in and do um, skilled nursing, therapy visits, things like that, they have a class A license. And um, actually our owner, Michael, and uh, quite a few other companies lobbied together and they actually had lobbyists to make sure that we had a licensure as well too. So we have a class B home health license. So we're in that same umbrella, but um, that class B makes us just the supportive services. So what we We've all been talking about that we do is supportive services but it was really important that um, our licensure was created um, to make sure that every agency who does what we do has regulations and they're following the rules that need to be there there's a check and balance system with those state visits and things like that as well as just making making sure all agencies they're mandated to create policies to make sure it's a safe environment for the client and a safe environment for the caregiver. So it was really important to all the in-home care agencies to have that licensure um, to make sure that there's a check and balance between each company. Okay. And and Gus, do you want to add anything to that? No, I just, uh, yeah, that she nailed it, to be honest with you. And what it does <laughs> is being, being licensed keeps it from being like the wild, wild west of home care where you could set up, um, um, you could set up a business, start caring for people right away without having anybody to report to or anybody checking in on your business. Um, and it, that's where the quality care comes in. Once you, you know, it's just like anything else. You have to take a few hurdles to get to where you have to be in order to pro provide those that great care services. But there are some stories I heard like in California back in the day, you know, people were just starting home care agencies off their cell phones, you know, um, no brick and mortar, no license. A lot of things were going on in the industry that weren't really, really cool. Like a lot of theft, a lot of uh, abandonment, things of that nature. So I'm all about and happy that we do have a license in the state. Yeah, and I think, I think too, um, just to add a little bit to that, I think having the capability to get licensed um, is good because it gives you guys rules and regulations on how to make sure that whoever you're taking care of, um, if you stay within those boundaries of licensure, you know, you're going to be able to keep everyone safe in the situation, you know, because one thing about it, when you know these services are coming into somebody's home they want to know that their loved one is safe and that whoever's coming into the home you know is somebody that you know is going to to treat them well and so i think that licensing requirement i'm, I'm glad that they did push for that um i do want to step back for a second because kara did say something about therapeutic services and skilled and for our audience out there who don't know what that is. The therapeutic um, services would be like occupational therapy, physical therapy. Um, and there's also skilled nursing, correct, Kara? Yes. Uh, and, yeah. and when they talk about, if you hear the word skilled or you hear therapeutic services, those are services provided by a medical professional, um, maybe a nurse or an LPN. Or, I mean, RN or LPN, they're both nurses, but, um, you know, or a occupational therapist or a physical therapist. And those are services that you guys don't do. You guys are more that supportive role, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we are able to support though in many ways. Um, I think one of our favorite ways to support is with those therapies and homework exercises. That's what we do anyway. So, um, physical therapy only works if you, if you do some practice at it. So we love to help support our clients in those, those homework exercises. So hopefully they can graduate and not have to be on physical therapy for too terribly long. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that is a, that is a huge support service that you guys provide for, um, for our loved ones, because they do, you know, like you said, if you don't practice it, you're never going to get better. Um, and so that is wonderful that you guys help with that. Um, so, so we'll start this next question with Kara. How do you match caregivers to clients? Um, you know, I always tease. Um, our office does have a, a scheduling coordinator who's just wonderful, and I call her our own personal match.com sometimes um, <laughs> because we just want to make sure that it's the best match possible. But we, we gather as much information about the client and about our caregivers as we possibly can. So, um, for instance, with a client, we love just to learn about their past, you know, their past. What did they used to do for, for a living? Talk about their family. Um, what were the hobbies that they have or they still have? Um, and just making sure we get to know them on a little more personal level, right, when we're starting services with them so that we can match them with someone. I usually ask the family as well, too. Do they want someone that's kind of upbeat and loud and outgoing? Or do they need someone who's a little more quiet and reserved? Um, that's really important because if someone doesn't do well with a, with a caregiver who might be a little bit louder or more excited, um, it's just not going to be the best match. So we also ask our caregivers the same thing. Um, we make sure we get to know them really well. What are they comfortable with? What are their, the skill level that they have? Get to know them. Um, and then we also obviously look at their availability as well too. So uh, making sure that we can make the right match um, in the very beginning. And that just really helps with that trust and rapport. Um, trying to make sure that the client really likes the caregiver and vice versa, because the faster we get the trust and rapport, the faster we're able to make a difference in that person's life. Right, right. I think that's great. I mean, I would have never even thought about that, but like, I'm that person that's like Susie Susie Sunshine, but I might not be that person I might not be perceived that way as somebody doesn't like somebody at eight o'clock in the morning being all bubbly and, and crazy, <laughs> you know? Yes. So that's really good that you brought that out. I would have never even thought about that. Like I would want somebody who would want to talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm a talker. So for me, I would want somebody who's bubbly with an outgoing personality, but then the person next to me might not want that. So that's really good that you brought that out. And Gus, do you um, do you want to add anything to what Kara said, or do you kind of do it the same way? Yeah, we kind of do it the same way. We're just we're on a fact finding mission. You know, when we meet the client, trying to get as much information as we as possible. I like when I go into a home. I kind of I ask all all the the usual questions to try to get to what caregiver would be a good fit. But I also kind of look around the house myself a little bit. Their home will tell you a lot about what type of person they are, maybe what faith they are, what music's playing, what's on the TV. Mm-hmm. Kind of get to know them a little bit because those are the little fine fine details that might uh might help us find a good caregiver, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. So how do you guys work with other service providers? Tell me what that looks like, like your role with other 
uh, service providers? How do you fit in the puzzle? I could go. Um, yeah, so we're all, we all have the same goal in mind is um, the outcome and the health of our client. So whether we're working with a home health provider, hospice provider, doctor, um, um, we're communicating and working for the best possible outcome for this client. So um, whether it's reading care notes, uh, telling other people about maybe changing condition or things that may be going on in the house that maybe a home health agency won't see in its three visits a week. Um, He's trying to communicate those things so that um, we're all in the loop of what's going on for best for best possible outcome of the client. Absolutely. Okay. I think what's great about home care is it's customizable to whenever you need us. So, um, you know, we're able to be there as little or as much as you need. And then we can be that that middleman communication between other agencies um, or even a community. We do provide services inside of, you know, independent assisted living communities as well, too, or even skilled nursing facilities if necessary. Um, so we can be that that kind of communication liaison between them and the family. So I always say it's kind of a triangle of communication. Um, but because in-home care usually is there more than um, mm-hmm. any other agency. And a lot of times, even the family, there's a lot of times we um, are providing services because the family isn't able to be there. or Maybe they're out of state. Um, so we just try to keep as high communication as possible. And to Gus's point, you know, any changes that we might see, um, we want our caregivers to be extremely aware, have a heightened awareness at all times. Something as little as Mr. Smith didn't eat breakfast for two days in a row, that could be, okay, he's not hungry, or it could be that he's developing an infection or something is wrong. And if we can catch something like that and have home health come in before it turns into an ER visit, you know, that's that's a lifesaver. So just making sure we all have that awareness and have that high communication. But um, I think we usually point, we're the ones that start that communication between all the other agencies and keep everyone in check. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are kind of like that, the the glue mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. um where you guys all work together but you guys are in the field on the ground you're the ones who are kind of like saying hey listen we got a man down here a little bit um so in that supportive role of course mm-hmm. um but that's that's really great so how old does somebody have to be to have your services Really, you no, guys have an age no, really no age restriction. You know, we could take care of anybody who needs help with the activities of daily living, with their transportation needs, with their care management needs. Um, as long we've as helped, they're... we've helped teenagers, we've helped people, uh, someone that was 105, you know. Yeah, for us, we do adults, so it's um, you know, 18 or older, but of course, those those younger adults, um. 18 or older, we can we can definitely help in, in any way that they might need. It's you know it's not just older adults that need help with activities of daily living. It's it's it could be anybody at any point. Um, so yeah, as long as they're sure. over the age of 18, we can we can provide services. Okay, okay. Um, and I had another question on the that I didn't write down, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how can services be paid for? What are the ways that your services can be paid for? I know Gus alluded to that, you know, Medicaid and Medicare don't necessarily pay for that. So let's talk about how could somebody get funded to have your uh, services provided? 
And Kara, I'll go to you That's first. That's fine. Um, yeah, so Gus talked about it a little bit. Um, for most um, in-home care agencies, it's a private pay, or they call us private duty agencies. You might hear that term quite a bit, um, where it is going to be an out-of-pocket expense. Uh, most of the agencies, though, do take long-term care insurance. Um, and not to go into too much detail, but that is an insurance policy that someone has been paying on since usually their, their 40s or 50s that helps them prepare for any kind of long-term care state, whether it's in-home care or going into a community of some sort. That insurance can be paid out to help with those costs. So that's the main way that it's paid for. There are um, some programs that, um, you know, through Medicare, Medicaid, um, and it's just, it's hard to find an agency who accepts those, but there are. Um, the difference is any agency who does accept those or maybe even veterans benefits, they do have to have a little bit different type of licensure. Um, in the state of Kansas, they have to have the, the, the licensure, like the type A. So um, that's what kind of changes a little bit. But um, for the most part, it's private pay or long-term care insurance. And okay. to piggyback off that, even some of those that do take the Medicare, Medicaid, the care is, is sparse mm -hmm. and it's not very much. Mm -hmm. um, there are some, uh, Medicare has some programs that actually do pay and they're trying to look towards the future and taking a more holistic approach at getting people care, whether it's in-home care, um, uh, meal meals delivered and, and things like that so that um, seniors could get some of those provided to them, but um, it's very, that's very sparse and I don't think it's going on in Kansas at all. Yeah, I don't believe so okay. at this point. Yeah, that's, and it's okay. hard because they, they do have commercials saying that if you buy into this plan, it covers home care. And then you buy into the plan and you find out that it does, but not in Kansas. And it might in Kansas City, but for limited providers. And it's, it's a little confusing so um, seniors need to kind of watch out for that. Um, I've been getting calls, seems every November or December when it's, a, it's time to sign up for these services, we get calls, people thinking that their insurance is covered by, um, by okay. Medicare and some other yeah. Medicare programs. Yeah, the other way so that's, that's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, well, I talked a little bit. There are some benefits through um, VA um, where there are certain agencies mm -hmm. who are able to help provide a certain amount of hours. VA is able to a lot, but there's also the aid and attendance. Um, That's yeah, yeah. that um, where money is allocated for them to be able to get services. And as long as they show proof that those services are happening, um, most of the time they can choose their own agency. So really, it just kind of depends. And again, you have to do your research to Gus's point. <laughs> Make sure you get your re do your research and find those hubs. And I know I, I know Gus's and I do, too. We, we try to be a, a resource hub as well, too. So when those type of things come up, we try to give you as much information as we possibly can to try to help you find um, any of those monies that maybe should be coming to you and aren't right now. Yeah, I know that aid in attendance, um, when I'm working with families trying to place them, sometimes that aid in attendance benefit will come up as well because it will cover for like assisted living um, and um, independent living. And so um, that is a benefit that a lot of people don't really know a lot about. Um, but it is, it is something that is owed to veterans and with certain conditions, of course, you know, there's certain criteria that they have to qualify at. 
um, to, to receive those. And we're actually going to have a podcast here in a few weeks that's going to talk about long-term care insurance and that aid and attendance benefit. So, um, so I'm looking forward to that to kind of give us more clarity on, on those two benefits. Um, so as far as what you guys think a family, if a family is out there and they're like, man, we don't know what to do. Um, we have this family member, maybe both, both children are working and they can't be there with them. Um, but they're not quite ready yet to go to maybe an assisted living or a long-term care facility. And they think if they just bring, um, caregiving into the home, what kind of questions would you want them to, would you advise them to ask? And, and either one of you can start. Um, well, uh, I think it's really important to make sure to ask the agency, you know, what is the, the vetting process for their caregivers? What's the hiring process? What does that look like? Um, and making sure those caregivers are bonded and insured. Um, there's a workman comp program as well too. Um, and then also asking specific questions around the training program. You know, what are the specific things they're trained on? So examples, is it, you know, do they have Alzheimer's and dementia training? Are they, they trained in personal care? Um, any kind of specialized services that maybe they have? Um, so really just making sure they're asking about um, the caregivers and what type of, of people they're able to, to hire and who's going out into the home. I think it's really important um, to make sure you can trust that person, but it always starts from how they're hired for sure. Gotcha. And you guys, what, what would you say? Yeah, definitely how we vet our caregivers. We're licensed, bonded, insured. Um, you know, try to give them a an idea of what it would look like. Like, I'd like for them to um, just start a conversation of what the day would look like, you know, because sometimes they just think a caregiver is going to come in and sit with their mom, but actually... You know, we could put a plan together for the caregiver to stay pretty busy and hit all the points they need to hit um, during their time there. So, you know, if they were to ask an agency, what would her day look like? I'd, you know, I'd like for the agency to be able to explain to them exactly what the day would look like with their loved one. Okay. Well, it sounds like you guys... Um... I know that both both of you guys are very involved out in uh, the community as well, providing lots of education. Um, so I, I just want to tell you both, I know that both of your agencies do things for seniors out in the community every single year. And I'm so thankful to have community partners like you guys. And I appreciate so much you guys joining this conversation today. Um, I look forward to... Um, people hearing about your agencies. I think what you guys do is wonderful work. And I just wish you both great success in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely. So I, I appreciate you guys being on the podcast and I'm going to go ahead and let the two of you go. Um, and I'm sure that we'll be talking soon. Have a wonderful day, Thanks ladies. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you guys. So that was a great conversation with Gus and with Kara. Um, I am so thankful that they joined me today. I hope that you learned from this conversation about caregiving and how it could impact your family and how it could, it could ease some of the burden in your family.
Uh, I look forward to next week. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and Lord bless you.